Welcome back. This is a soft count. So the Hall of Fame preseason game was last night. The Raiders and the Jaguars. It was awful. <laughs> I loved it. I loved every second of it. But it was terrible football. That being said, it shouldn't be. Even in the preseason, guys that are barely on a roster somewhere as a quarterback was a stud in college. In fact, I think that Sloter guy for the Jags was on the USFL last year. He was like the only good quarterback that played in the USFL last year. He was all right. But the Raiders look like the St- or look like the Patriots with better players. I mean, the Patriots haven't had a decent running back in several years. They've got Ramon J. Stevenson now, who I think is going to be a stud. But most of the guys are just like average to, you know, B to B-plus guys. Um, Josh Jacobs is an A. And they were running screens with him and shit, and he was just gashing them. They played him quite a bit, and they didn't sign his extension, which I thought was funny. You know, they, they're trying to play hardball and make him play good or whatever. Like, the dude always tries hard. He's a football player. That guy's a real football player and was poor growing up and shit. He's hard-nosed as fuck. And if, for them to think that they don't need him, he's going to be a huge asset for the Raiders this year. Huge. And he's probably going to have – he might lead the league in rushing this year. You just don't know. Josh McDaniels. People like to think Josh McDaniels throws the ball a lot. He does. But historically, the Patriots have been a running team. Even when Tom was winning Super Bowls, they ran the ball a lot. I remember one game, one playoff game, LeGarrette Blunt had like 40-some carries, and Tom threw the ball like a couple times. And he was like – and Tom, after the game, was like, I don't care how we do it as long as we win. Like, And they, they ran the ball. They do – they're one of the teams that loves to run like a polling guard. And as a – philosophy for me I'm not huge on it because you got to have really athletic linemen guys with great feet so your right guard can you know drop back and run all over to the left side when you have a pulling guard like that the guard is basically becomes a running back as well but instead of looking for a hole he's looking for a person to hit you know so it's they have to have a really unique skill set for pulling guards to work and the Steelers or the I keep saying the Steelers the Patriots have been doing it for a long time and the Raiders are going to do some of that now. The short throwing game is going to be really nice for for the fucking Raiders. I'm 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 telling you, the Raiders and the Dolphins, if that coach for the Dolphins is the only question mark for me. I don't know if he can do what Kyle Shanahan does, but if he can, he, everybody says he's a genius and he looks like a nerd. So hopefully he's really smart and knows to dink and dunk and get the ball into Tyreek and Jalen Waddle's hands and let them work. Overall, the gameplay for the Jags, this is what I would say. That's worrisome. They ended up getting a touchdown at the end of the game. If they didn't do that, I was I would have been like, man, you got to be able to get a touchdown out there. That's a coaching this – is, this is where the coaches get paid right now. Preseason, your assistant coaches and all these guys, like are they worth the money you're paying them? Like we should be able to score a touchdown – right now against fourth string guys that aren't going to play i realize our guys are four stringers too but like our coaching should be good enough that we can score a touchdown right now and it's not that was concerning the jaguars performance was concerning and i get it it's a bunch of other you know it's all it's all the players are irrelevant to me what's concerning to me is the schemes i'm seeing like the raiders had nice little schemes they were running even with their scrubs in there the jaguars didn't and that's concerning to me. 
the storm was pretty wild last night. They they had they had a real delay in the game. Chris Collinsworth, for those of you that listen to me that like him, I don't know why. I can't fucking stand that guy. They need to get rid of him. He is so fucking cringy and weird. I can't. He's really the only guy on television I don't like, Chris Collinsworth. I don't know why. I just can't stand him. Call me a hater. Whatever. Aaron Rodgers, man, Aaron Rodgers' story has has really only picked up more. And uh, it's funny, like you turn on ESPN or you turn on FS1 with Colin and like him and him and Joy are like talking about drugs they've done in the past. They had Rick Buecher on there admit to doing acid yesterday. I was like, what? <laughs> okay. I mean, you're talking to a dude that you know. I was in. I was a musician for a long time. I kind of seen them all. I've done. I've done a lot of them. Uh, nothing. Nothing horrible. Nothing like dirty. You know. But ultimately, it is a surprise hearing you know Rick Buecher on TV. He's like, they're like, have you ever tried a psychedelic? And Rick's like, yeah. And they and then he goes into depth. You know, he's in college and took a hit of acid. And it's like, damn. He just on television. Like you can't really talk about that on ESPN. But FS1 lets these guys really talk about their lives and shit. So. You know, I don't really watch ESPN that much anymore. Uh, I am a Colin Cowherd fan, in case you guys don't know. I do watch him, and I really like Nick Wright. I think he's funny as fuck, and he kind of tears Colin a new ass all the time. It's it's good good entertainment. But, yeah, Joy, with, Joy and him are talking about wanting to go home and smoke a joint and shit, you know. <laughs> it's like all of a sudden it's like, well, Aaron Rodgers does psychedelics, so we can all talk about what we do now. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, I guess that's true. Uh so yeah, Aaron's getting a lot of getting a lot of press for that. Roger Goodell has recently assigned a new judge to review the case. So Sue Robinson, the the previous judge that they got, wasn't good enough. So he went out and got a district attorney out of New Jersey or something like that, some other guy who's much more. I mean, going to be more aligned with what Goodell wants. He's like, this lady didn't do what I want, so I'm going to go get a new person to do what I want. That's how they do shit. I just don't know why. In some ways, if I were Roger Goodell, I might have just taken the, I, I might have just accepted what Sue Robinson said and just not said anything. Because in some ways, I feel like bringing attention to this is going to start bringing more attention to Dan Snyder and other things in the NFL. More and more and more shit's just going to kind of start f- unfolding. And I think he he's kind of bring. It's just going to bring more attention. Like what they don't want is the negative attention. And by pressing this issue, they're going to bring more attention to the to the issue. And if Deshaun Watson plays week one, like Zeke did a couple years ago, he played like two weeks, and then they suspended him. Like, what if Deshaun Watson's out there week one? How bad will that look for the NFL? <laughs> I don't know. It's really fucking weird. I wanted to mention the number one overall pick did play last night, Trayvon Walker out of Georgia. It's funny. Chris Collinsworth was like, Wow, he really does have the size. I wasn't sure he was going to look big enough. When I saw him out there, he didn't really look that big. That's not what makes him special. What makes him special is how fast and strong he is for not being that big. And, uh, yeah, he doesn't look that big to me. He ended up getting a sack later in the game. He also got a uh, a late hit on the quarterback. So I, I take those two things and kind of cross them out. Like, yeah, you got a sack, but you also got a personal foul. And I just don't really... It's like, so now you got zero. He, he looked okay. He's definitely fast. But he ain't big like Miles Garrett or some shit. And if I'm taking a number one overall pick, like, you better look like fucking Miles Garrett if you're a defensive end. The same thing with, like, Jadavion Clowney. Like, Jadavion Clowney, 
he never turned out to be the player that people wanted him to be. But when you looked at him and you were like, we're taking this guy number one, everyone's like, okay, <laughs> yeah, let's take him. So I don't know. We'll see how that guy plays. The Jags are in they're in a lot of trouble. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what they're going to do. It'll be interesting. Hopefully, uh, I, I do believe in their coach, but I don't know. So I heard Lamar Jackson talking the other day. He said he weighs 230 pounds now. He used to weigh 205. 205 is what Mike Mike Vick played at. Mike Vick was also like six feet tall. 205. Lamar Jackson's 6'3". He's been playing at 205. He's easily the most athletic person in the NFL. I mean, easily. <laughs> For his body size and shit. But over the offseason, he said he put on pounds because he's been to, to take the hits, you know. And you, and you look at him, and he is significantly bigger. He's big. He's six, you know, he's 6'3", 230 now. And when you see him, his arms are huge. He is, he is jacked. But that comes at a cost, doesn't it? It has to. Putting on that much weight in a short period of time, like that has to come at a cost. And I, I think that cost is going to be his speed. Like he, there's no way. I mean, physics don't allow you to be the same, the same speed. You're going to be slower this year. You'll be stronger and heavier. But physics say, like, you put on weight, you're going to slow down. And so it'll be interesting to see how he plays this year. I don't want him to be a bruiser running back. When he was a running quarterback, he was elusive and fast. Now he's going to be a running quarterback that is, what, going to, like, bulldoze people? Like, that's not what I want. He is fucking big right now, and I can guarantee you he's not as fast or as as elusive as he was. It'll be interesting to see. This is a contract year. This is probably the most important year of Lamar Jackson's entire career. It will be the most important year, and he's got to play great. I hear a lot of people taking the Cowboys. Even fucking Shaquille O'Neal was on TV saying the Cowboys are going to win it all this year. Jeff Darlington, he's all in on the Cowboys. Everybody's all in on the Cowboys, and my only answer question to you is why? They they haven't they didn't get better from than they were last year. They lost some players, some some key players. They lost some D linemen. They they lost all kinds of shit. They lost their best wideout, and now everyone's like they're better. It's like how they got like roster wise they got worse than they were last year, and they were bad last year. So how are they better? How are they going to win the Super Bowl this year? All these people on TV are fucking crazy if they think the Cowboys are going to go to the Super Bowl. They're not even going to win a playoff game this year. They're not. Dak Prescott is not a $48 million quarterback a year, and that's what you pay him, and he's not that. But you panic because you don't really see any quarterbacks on the horizon, which is fair. But God damn it, he is not your guy. He's not going to win you the Super Bowl with his arm. And he sure as shit ain't Lamar Jackson running. Uh, man, I, I don't see the Cowboys doing shit. I see him being an 8-8 eight and eight team. They might not make the playoffs. I guess the NFC is shitty compared to the AFC, but and their division is supposed to be the worst. But I'm not even sure they can win their division. The Eagles are, I think, a better roster overall. <laughs> Another thing I wanted to point out, that NF, that football game last night, there were like six pretty brutal injuries during the game. Football, every single game is that way. The preseason, 
here's what people don't realize about the preseason is that they all everybody hates the preseason, right? Like, oh, it doesn't count. Well, it does count for something because people are making money. The players get paid. The networks are making a shit ton of money. There, there's nothing on television right now. August is dry month, so it's like when the NFL puts on preseason games, even though they seem like they don't matter, they're still bringing in revenue. And so, seeing guys get hurt and shit like that's football. Even though they're backups and shit out there, like those would have been starters and they would have been hurt. I've, I don't remember the last time I've seen an NFL game where somebody didn't get hurt. It's pretty. It's pretty brutal. And I talk MMA. I watch MMA. Football is the most brutal. And I also think part of that is the best athletes in the world are in the NBA and the NFL, not the MMA. And some people would be like, well, I've seen, you know, Greg Hardy went to the UFC and he couldn't do shit. It's like, yeah, he's not one of the best NFL players. I'm saying you go where the money is, where the most money is. The best fighters in the world typically become boxers. Why? Because you can make $100 million in a boxing match when you make ten grand in UFC. And if you're a really famous UFC fighter, you make two hundred to four hundred grand for a main event or something. That's if you're Conor McGregor. And then Conor goes and does boxing and makes $200 million. So, like, what sport? If you're an athlete, are you going to be an Olympic sprinter? If you if you can run a four two forty, or are you going to go out into the NFL draft and even if you're a fourth round pick, make a million dollars? You know, like even if you're like a fucking nobody, you're still going to get league minimum at six hundred k. It's a crazy amount of money to be an athlete that makes it to the NFL or the NBA. And so what that does is it creates competition. It allows for all the best athletes to want to be in these sports. I mean, can you imagine if LeBron James was a heavyweight UFC fighter? Like. <laughs> There's nobody with that kind of athleticism in the UFC ever. There's never been. You can kind of look at Brock Lesnar and this uh, and and Cyril Gaon, the new a new fighter. Like, yeah, they're athletic. Like, wow, great. They're not LeBron James, you know. They're not Julio Jones. It's like fucking even Lamar Jackson. Like these guys are the highest level athletes now. Can they just switch over due to a new sport? No, but you would have had to have trained from your childhood to play this specific thing. And you do that because the money is over here, and that's why they went that way. But, yeah, the, the you know the preseason brings in money for, for people, for advertisers, for the networks that are paying to have the games, for commercials, for the players themselves. And then the other cool thing about the game, the preseason games that I really like is that Usually there's one guy on every single team that makes the roster that wasn't there the year before and is undrafted. And he played throughout the preseason. And he just he gets he makes it, you know. And almost every team's got a guy that makes the team that wasn't going to be there, that wasn't there before and just made it through training camp in the preseason and impressed enough people and he makes the roster. One guy. And he's undrafted and, you know, he goes on to have a couple year career. It's pretty it's pretty amazing. Preseason's cool. So UFC fight nights around the corner tomorrow night. I'm waiting for the weigh-ins tonight to give you the fight night pickums, but I do want to tell some people right now. There is a bet that I've got circled and the sooner you get in on it, the better. The main event tonight is Jamal Hill, who's been on a tear. He's 10 and 1. He's a really good fighter. But he's going up against Tiago Santos. And Tiago Santos has got all the experience. He's been, he's 22 and 10. I'm telling you, 
he is plus 250, and he is going to look significantly bigger than Jamal Hill. I mean significantly bigger. And I don't think Jamal Hill, I think the power is going to be overwhelming for him. He's been really good. He's been beating the shit out of scrubs. But Tiago Santos is like another level of athlete. And so if you want to get in on that bet, I would do it today. Tiago Santos plus 250, money line bet. I think he gets it done tomorrow night. I, I, I'm going to do, like I said, I'll have a fight night pickums later this evening after the weigh-ins, maybe even tomorrow morning. We'll see how it goes. But I want to get that pick out there right now because the line is going to change the closer the fight gets. And right now, you can get Tiago Santos plus 250. That's the bet to make. We'll talk about tomorrow's fights more on the fight night pickums. I just want to look ahead a little bit. Next week, we've got Marlon Vera and Dominic Cruz in the main event on a fight night. That's going to be a really sweet fight. Marlon Vera is one of those guys that had some losses early in his career, but he's obviously found some something. In his last fight, he beat up, I believe it was Rob Font, and it's like it felt like he barely threw any strikes, and at the end of the fight, Rob Font was so fucked up. I was like, how? He landed one like front kick, and he put his heel right into the dude's orbital socket, and it was brutal. Dominic Cruz is a great fighter, a Hall of Fame fighter. He's 24-3. and three. That's going to be a sweet main event. If Marlon Vera gets that done, he's going to get a shot at the Bantamweight title at some point as well. There is the week after that is UFC 278. That's Kamaru Usman and Leon Edwards in the main event. Kamaru Usman appears to be the best fighter in the world right now at his, at his division. I haven't seen him fight in a long time, though. He beat up Ori Masvidal. He fought him like twice. He hasn't really fought anybody in a long time. He fought Gilbert Burns, I guess. I don't know. We'll see how that goes. Our boy Paulo Costa is coming back. Co-main event. I love Paulo. A lot of that's because of his internet presence. He's just a fucking menace on the internet, and it is funny. He's fighting Luke Rockhold. That fight's going to be really interesting. The weigh-in is going to be interesting. Everything about that that fight's going to be fun. And then we've got a Jose Aldo sighting with Marab. That fight is going to be out of control. I mean, Marab is high energy. He's really a good fighter. And he's going up against one of the Hall of Fame all-time greats in Jose Aldo. He is he is legitimately one of the all-time greatest fighters to ever live. And so that'll be a really sweet matchup. <clears throat> After that, there's a, the next week, these things just keep rolling in. Uh, there's going to be another UFC fight night with Cyril Ghosn and Tai Tuivasa. That fight's going to be sick with Robert Whitaker and Marvin Vittori fighting. Nice little card. Nice little fight night card. I mean, Robert Whitaker, I'm not sure what you do with him now. He couldn't get it done against Izzy. I'm not really, I don't know. I'm not sure what you do with him. And then the card everybody's waiting on. I think the world is <laughs> 279. Kazmat, Jemayev, and Nate Diaz. This card might be the worst fucking card I've ever seen. The co-main event is Dennis Tuilulian and Jamie Pickett. I don't know, man. This fight, this card just seems like a death sentence. <laughs> and then, you know, in the not-too-distant future, same uh, same month, I believe it's going to be at the end of September, is UFC 280? Maybe that's in October. I don't know. One of these one of these fight cards has got Sean O'Malley and Piotr Jan on it. I'm not sure exactly when that fight's going to happen, but that's going to get done, apparently. If you're a Piotr Jan fan or a, or a Sean O'Malley fan, I think that fight's going to be really interesting. They're both strikers, and I think that's what people want to watch, right? Anyway, I just wanted to check in. 
before tonight with the fight night pickums. That'll be a shorter pod, you know, a little fifteen minute thing. Give you all my picks for tomorrow's uh, fights. After I always, like I said, I always like to see the weigh ins, see how everybody's looking. I, per, I prefer the ceremonial weigh-in because you get to see the rehydration process. Some people don't rehydrate well, and they don't, you know, they're just sick. They get sick from the weight cut, and they never recover. So, yeah, ceremonial weigh-in. We'll wait to see that, and then we'll do the fight night pickums. Hit the like, hit the follow, leave a review. If you hate me, shoot me a DM on uh, Instagram. Let me know how much you hate me. It's the soft count. I'm the only one that runs it. And uh, you can ask your questions. And then tomorrow, I believe, or maybe Monday, we, we might push it to Monday for the longer pod. Uh, we'll do some, um, we'll answer some of these questions that I've built up. Got about five or six that are pretty good. Got some other ones that are just like uh, a couple fantasy football questions. Like I said, I don't, I don't fucking draft whoever. I don't care. <laughs> I'm like Bill Belichick when it comes to fantasy football. I don't care. So, yeah. Talk to you guys soon. Peace.